It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Monday. Let's start with this uproar in the B.C. Liberal Party mm-hmm. leadership campaign now. And this has really taken an ugly and disturbing turn mm-hmm. where you have Diamond Isinger, who is a Liberal Party organizer. She is the campaign manager for Michael Lee. So Michael Lee is a Liberal MLA is running for the party leadership. Now, she put out just this unbelievable statement on the weekend saying it sounds like it's not specific where she said this happened, but it sounds like it was in a bar. Uh, that's my guess. Sounds like it was in a downtown Vancouver bar. Y- yeah, that's right. So uh, she's out. She's out. They bump into uh, four guys who are working for Kevin Falcon's leadership campaign. And I, I guess they got into an argument or dispute. And then she then says that she was subjected to a, a sexual harassment tirade so she says that this went on for 15 minutes i was berated with misogynic misogynistic slurs and profane insults while being yelled at for 15 minutes she says she tried to keep this internal and resolve it internally wasn't happy with where it's going and went public with it yeah your thoughts kevin falcon took some time but now he's um fired or dismissed off his team at least one person of those four he's retained legal counsel to investigate just exactly what happened here and promises to take further action if warranted. So an unexpected, ugly turn in a leadership race no one was really noticing, and we'll see where this goes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's unfortunate really... for Ms. Eisinger that this happened, obviously. Oh, well, yeah, and I applaud her for speaking out. Actually, by the way, I invited her to be on the show today. Um, she declined to come on. She said that she's leaving her statement to speak for itself, but I've given her an open invitation to come on if she wants to talk about it further. And I, I certainly uh, I applaud mm-hmm. her for speaking out, too. Does this hurt Falcon in any way? Like, I mean, you know, if this turns out, if you have some, maybe some women in the Liberal Party, you take a look at this guy and say, wait a sec, is this some sort of old boys club that's surrounding this guy? I don't like it. Well, it certainly doesn't help Kevin Falcon. I mean, this is not a good thing for his team to go through. And obviously it's not over because he's appointed, uh, he's retained legal counsel to investigate further. So there's going to be an update on this and a reminder to delegates that this happened. No, it certainly doesn't help Kevin Falcon. Does it hurt? Who knows? I mean, right now the leadership race is kind of almost moribund. Nobody's paying attention to it. Doesn't. Really, it's not going to heat up in any real great way. I think until after the new year. Okay, we're going to follow that one uh, as we go forward here. And Michael Lee will be a guest on the show later. To, later on the show today. Hmm. So I will ask him about this. It's his campaign manager mm-hmm. that went public with this. So he'll be on later, and I'll ask him about it. We continue to follow that one for you. Um, let's talk about uh, get an update on Premier John Horgan's. A surgery, which I understand went successfully the other day, yep. and you've been uh, you've been in contact with him. I understand. Yeah, we've texted a couple of times. He's not in today. He's given his throat a rest. He's not talking, but he surprised his staff on Friday by phoning in. They didn't think he was going to actually be able to talk. Um, he joked that uh, he wanted uh, had ordered orange Jello for dinner on Friday because he couldn't really eat anything other than Jello or liquids, given the throat surgery. He texted me on Saturday saying he had fantastic, uh, really impressed with the treatment he received and was humbled by the support he's getting from all sides of the political spectrum, but reported that sadly he did not get the orange jello. It was red. He wanted orange jello because NDP. that's NDP, NDP colors. colors. Okay. It turned out to be red jello. Now he's so they gave him liberal red jello. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, uh, but again, I'm told he's, uh, he's at home resting comfortably. Uh, not expected to be in t- to work today, perhaps not the week. Who knows? Let's go back to last week, Keith, and when he made this announcement that uh, he originally had 
uh, a growth on his neck, and then in the course of treating that, they discovered this uh, growth in his throat, which required the surgery that he just went through. So here's Horgan speaking about this the other day. A few months ago, I felt a lump in my neck, which led to a visit to my doctor and a series of tests over the past few weeks. These tests have revealed a growth in my throat that will require surgery tomorrow morning. Any further treatment will be a result of pathology, but I am confident that I will have a complete recovery. Okay, so we're still waiting for the biopsy results there. I just happened to bump into the deputy premier there, Mike Farnworth, this morning, and he said they're still waiting for the biopsy results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, again, don't expect uh, the premier to be back physically in person on the job, uh, certainly not today. Who knows about uh, the rest of the week? And again, we don't have the bills, but I'm told that he's in very good humor. Typical Horgan, cracking jokes all the time. Uh, and again, uh, probably getting a little restless around the house. Okay, hoping for some good news there. Let's talk about a, uh, an update on the latest uh, health briefing from Dr. Bonnie Henry, which is today at the top of the next hour. So this is at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. We'll bring you that live here today on the show. This is kind of unusual, a briefing on a Monday at this time, too? It, it is unusual, not entirely unheard of. Remember, go back to the days when there was a briefing every single day, if yeah. people forget that. Um, I'm told that there's going to be an update on unvaccinated healthcare workers. Uh, on Friday, there was, uh, you know, the numbers had been dropping, but still, you know, th- 3,500 nurses, care aides, community health people, a lot of people taken out of the system. They can't work uh, because they're not vaccinated. Um, almost 400 uh, medical staff. Those are doctors and other related uh, occupations. That's a that's a big number. And I assume, as part of the update in terms of unvaccinated workers, the number is going to go down a bit because people have, have been getting vaccinated. Uh, and some of the rec- it's some of it, it's record keeping. You get uh, we've hired a number of people from Alberta, and their healthcare records aren't in BC. So technically, in BC, it looks like they're not vaccinated. They've, it's taken some time to get their records from Alberta that shows they are vaccinated. So those numbers do go down. And also, I assume we'll probably be getting an update on the impact taking that number of people out of the healthcare system has, which is rescheduled surgeries. Oh, okay. okay. We're also going to get an update, I, th- I think, on um, the progress of third doses in long-term care homes and other people over the age of 70. Okay, all that is coming at 11 o'clock. We'll bring you that briefing live. And as Keith said, we expect an update there on the number of healthcare workers who may be uh, let go. They're put on uh, unpaid leave if they have not received, they've chosen not to get the vaccine. Here is John Horgan speaking on this point last week. He was asked about if you have hundreds of healthcare workers that have to be uh, laid off, fired, whatever, what kind of impact will that have on the healthcare system? Here's what Horgan had to say about it. I'm confident that with the time that's been made available to health authorities, uh, working with Dr. Henry and Minister Dix, uh, that our health authorities are in a position to ensure that we can continue to uh, provide uh, world-class quality care. So do they got like a plan behind the scenes? Uh, yeah, I think they do. Now, keep in mind, when we use figures like, you know, 3,500, uh, 3,600 people uh, not vaccinated, we're talking also a large number of casual workers. So these stats include anyone who's given, who's uh, had one shift in the healthcare system in three months. So it's not necessarily, uh, well, it's not all full-time people. A lot of these are part-time casual workers and easier easier to absorb the impact from their absence. But if we start losing, I had a note from a woman in a small interior town saying they had five doctors, two of them unvaccinated. You lose, you know, 40% of your doctors uh, suddenly. That has an impact. And it's going to disproportionately hit the interior uh, health authority because that's that health authority has double 
the number of healthcare workers unvaccinated than any other health authority. Okay, the COP26 conference is underway in Glasgow, Scotland this morning, and this is the uh, the United Nations Conference on uh, Climate Change, and we've got world leaders at this thing. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is there. BC representatives there too? Yeah, Environment Minister George uh, Heyman and a couple of staff people are there as well. Okay, so there's a BC representative in Glasgow, and here is Boris Johnson, a uh, uh, UK Prime Minister here, who opened up this event, and this is what the British Prime Minister had to say. It's one minute to midnight on that doomsday clock, and we need to act now. If we don't get serious about climate change today, it will be too late for our children to do so tomorrow. Okay, Boris Johnson there, one minute to midnight on the doomsday clock. Quite a circus there, 20,000 people. Uh, You've got a number of world leaders. You've got uh, sub-government leaders. You've got Hollywood celebrities. You've got protesters. You've got CEOs. You've got scientists. I'm not sure you're going to get consensus coming out of that thing, but you're going to get a lot of attention paid to the action required to fight climate change. Having said that, I don't think you're going to see a bunch of governments necessarily inflict economic pain on themselves in order to take really aggressive moves. Well, what about Trudeau's comments, though, and he's doubling down on it again today that we can hit net zero by 2050, which sounds like a long way off. It is a long way off. But we are nowhere near on track to achieve that, given current government policies. But, you know, the, the... the comments from Trudeau have kind of changed on this a little bit, and he said it again in the speech that he delivered this morning in Glasgow, saying that they will cap emissions uh, from oil and gas production in Canada, that the days of incremental change are over, that well, this is a government that's getting aggressive. He's appointed a former Greenpeace activist as an environment minister who was speaking there at the conference as well, Stephen Gilbeau. So what does this mean for B.C., Alberta, Saskatchewan, Western Canada, and the oil and gas sector here? We'll see. I mean, I don't necessarily take everything at face value here just because Justin Trudeau or other political leaders say, well, we're going to cap something down the road. doesn't mean it happens. We've missed pretty well every jurisdiction has missed every target on every plan. I mean, it's hard to hit these targets. So a little skeptical they're going to hit targets as as aggressively as Trudeau predicts or even other political leaders. But but the good news is they are getting together in a very serious fashion. There is going to be more and more action plans out there. There is going to be action taken to cut emissions. I'm not just. I'm not so sure it's going to be as aggressive as a lot of people think. Okay. Long as Baldry's beat, Keith Baldry is my guest. We were just talking off air about uh, the fireworks that were going off in Vancouver and a lot of other municipalities. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what it sounded like on the weekend here. This is in Vancouver last night. That's like... You know, I mean, that sounds like Mardi Gras, New Year's Eve, and this is this is in a city where fireworks are supposed to be banned. Yeah, I don't know where this you know? stuff comes from. I mean, I what, would it, what would it sound like if they weren't banned? Yeah. <laughs> uh, on Twitter last night, I put out uh, the fact there wasn't a lot of fireworks in my neighborhood and received a whole bunch of responses from all sorts of towns right across, not just Vancouver, Port Moody, uh, yeah. parts of Victoria, north of me, Oak Bay, uh, Surrey, just people saying huge amounts of fireworks. One of the debates, of course, you see, uh, pet owners don't yeah. like these things because they really are frightening for many, many dogs and cats yeah. uh, who really, I think, suffer. Uh, some of them suffer terribly just through through the night. Essentially, my we've got a little dog. Our previous dog, who's since passed, uh, was really frightened of fireworks. Would whimper and cower under the bed. Uh, our, our new dog's only a year old. Um, 
wasn't really affected by them. But we didn't have a lot of loud ones in our neighborhood in Fairfield. Well, in some neighborhoods, it sounds like it was uh, pretty wild. Like uh, a so Band of Brothers episode. <laughs> call me on that if you like. Star 9898 on your cell. What was it like in your neighborhood for fireworks? Trevor on the line in Nanus Bay. Hi, Trevor. Hello. I would like to know, and I wish the media could find out for me, why our premier got in ahead of everyone else for operation. A uh, perfect example, my mother, she was scheduled for a colonoscopy because they think her cancer is coming back. And she got canceled and she has to wait six to eight months. Uh, again, there's no, he didn't Q-jump. There's no evidence of anything like that. Uh, the cancer system operates the way it is. I've had a lot of experience in the cancer system on in terms of uh, people, and it operates on a very, very clear um, procedure with clear procedures. You go in when you need to go in, and you don't go in if you don't need to go in. So every case is different. The situation with Horgan is that he's 62 years old. He's an ex-smoker. He had cancer before, so he had bladder cancer, mm -hmm. potentially related to smoking, and his brother died of cancer, and now he's got a growth. So there's something growing in his throat it's actually getting bigger okay now i spoke to one of the top cancer experts in bc about this and i said did horgan get special treatment here and she said no because in a situation like that you want to go to a biopsy immediately mm -hmm. immediately as soon as possible because when you're talking and about that's a growth in your throat he's had a biopsy there may yeah. be other treatment that has to be uh, in, in impacted here and he may go into a different line. And it, uh, and it didn't happen immediately, by the way. Like no. This has been going on over a period of weeks yep. where this was being investigated. Yeah, so anyway, thank no, you. No queue jumping. Thank you for the call. Blake in the West End. Hey, Blake, go ahead. Blake. Yes. Talk to me. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I phoned the city this morning. I would say it was 100% worse than it was last year when you could have fireworks. Mm -hmm. The dogs were howling. I end up for the first time taking my two Shelties with me to go to church, uh, uh, church to keep them from going wild. They were blowing them. I don't whether you remember last year we had the, across the street, we had the uh, Lucy's windows blown out and she was hospitalized. Well, it was like the festival of, of lights here. Don't get me wrong that it was nice, but for them to be banned, it was worse <laughs> than ever. And it's like, it's like you know, it's yeah, curious. they're banned and it was, it was wild. Is that right? Anecdotally, it seems to be one of the wor worst or you know busiest fireworks nights of the year. It may have been not as many. What I what someone told me this morning was it wasn't as many fireworks in the days leading up to Halloween. Like sometimes mm -hmm. this is a week long fireworks festival, so it wasn't as bad leading up. But then last night, you know, Everything Halloween Sunday night, yeah. beautiful night, be weather was awesome. So yeah, I mean, it may have contributed. Uh, Ray in Abbotsford, we just got a minute here. Go ahead, Ray. I'll go fast. Sure. It was pathetic. I live in Abbotsford. There's a skate park that's right here, McMillan and Old Yale, and it's. It, and then there's a there's an old uh, there's a retirement village right next, and they had and they were allowed little pets, and it was it was terrible. They ended at two o'clock in the morning, mm. and these were not fireworks or, or <clears throat> excuse me firecrackers. They were bombs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, so, 
some of the videos on uh, social media I was checking out earlier was like, yeah, a lot of them are not just firecrackers. I mean, guys having bottle rocket wars and stuff, like shooting bottle That's rockets right. at each other. Yep. That's what happened last night. I was going to go out and tell them to shut down, but I, 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 I shut up type thing, like cut it down. But I, I feared for my life there type thing. It okay. was a lot of young, yeah. lot of young yeah. people. Thank there. you, Ray. Ten, ten seconds. You certainly don't want to get into a confrontation over something like that. People are saying it's only one night of the year, but it is really uh, hurting uh, pets, dogs and cats particularly. Thank you. 911 on a new night Thursday March 14th on Global stream on Stack TV